following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Making their way to the mics after 20 plus years of friendship and 20 plus years of pro wrestling family. Glenn Enos Jr. It's like Broadway, but in a squared circle. Nate the Great Tabor. How can you get invested in a guy who's not even on TV anymore? The Verbal Smackdown. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Wicked Wrestling proudly brings to you, it's undisputed, podcast champions of the world, Glenn Enos Jr., Nate the Great Tabor, The Verbal Smackdown. Nate, what is going on? Well, we just, that introduction, I don't know, I mean, that is so, that's so over the top, we're paying homage to the great tag team of the and uh <laughs> what are we talking about the new age oh that's a good it's a good segue because today we are going to be discussing tag teams on our premiere episode we discussed the best superstars and when we talked our mount rushmore lists as far as our opinions go uh this week we'll be talking tag teams um as far as tag teams that we love growing up best tag teams that we think are there currently right now we'll talk overrated tag teams underrated tag teams um we're, we're talking about tag teams and factions too Mm-hmm. Obviously, factions play a big part of, um, you know, wrestling that we watch growing up. Today, they're, they're kind of coming back a little bit, too, which is good to see because I, I enjoy a good faction. Um, but yeah. first, before we get to that, Nate, uh, we recently watched the Royal Rumble together. Yes. Royal and Rumble. it was a great show. It was a great show. Royal Rumble 2021, first pay-per-view. I, I, the Royal Rumble, in my opinion, is is the best pay-per-view of the year because it sets yep. the course for WrestleMania. Obviously, WrestleMania, you could argue, is the best pay-per-view of the year because that's where it's like the Super Bowl. That's where everything is resolved, where the season ends, uh, where storylines end and new begin. But the Royal Rumble is the setup for WrestleMania. And, and the structure of the show, how it has usually some championship matches, um, but obviously the Royal Rumble match is just great because everything is so unexpected. 30 men and 30 women in the ring. You have to get eliminated by getting over the top rope. The last one remaining after all 30 superstars enter the ring gets a title shot, a world title shot at WrestleMania. Yep. And um, I've always liked that. Like I said, last week we talked, my first ever show that I watched was the Royal Rumble. So I don't know if it's biased there, but every year I just, that's the one show that I always look forward to. Um, This year, what'd you think? No, I thought it was really good. And I agree with you that it's the best pay-per-view uh, of the year. And, uh, and I think the reason is, is because it always lays the landscape of where we are in WWE. You can see who are our best guys or, our, you know, maybe up and comers on a smorgasbord mixed up into one Royal rumble match. And now it's even better because we get the women's Royal rumbles. And, um, I was pretty happy with the outcome of the women's Royal rumble, the men's Royal rumble outcome. I was happy with that as well, but I think I would have rather seen one of the up-and-comers get it. Uh, I was going to say, you, you don't sound too happy. Well, you know, then I, in the moment, I really wasn't too too pleased. But then I saw Monday Night Raw. I saw Edge come out, wrestle like a 20-minute match with Randy Orton to settle their rivalry. Not a lot of gaga, taking bumps. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Edge is going to be one of these part or part-timers or whatever obviously it's not going to be on every single week 
having matches, but I don't know. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm all like an edge, but you know, I think think the thing with edge is I think he knows (laughs) he's been around the business for so long. So he's not going to insult the intelligence of the loyal fans who have had his back for, you know, the years for that he's been in pro wrestling and the years in his absence when he had to retire early in 2011, you know, gone for nine long years. We always wanted edge back. If he's going to come back and do this, whether it's part-time or not, I think he's going to give 150%. Yeah. Cause he knows like, that's obviously what the, not only the casual wrestling fan, but the diehards want to see, you know, cause we get our part-time with Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, this and that. And they're usually five minute matches, but with edge, obviously edge being a better in-ring competitor, in my opinion, than Brock Lesnar or Goldberg, he can put on that story of a match for 25 to 30 minutes. And he's done that since he's yep. been back with Orton. Um, but yeah, he he won the men's Royal Rumble, and and this year's Royal Rumble is kind of hard to predict. Like going into it, I didn't know who, who would come out of it because you you look at the two world champions, and Roman Reigns and um, who's the Universal Champ? Uh, no, Drew McIntyre. Drew yeah, McIntyre is the WWE Champ, and Roman Reigns the Universal Champ. Um, I'm I'm trying to like on the current roster who would be the best fit to face them for their respective titles going into WrestleMania, and now obviously. With Edge being in the Rumble, there's there's a thing where it's like, okay, he's in the Rumble. He's coming out number one, so he'll probably be in there for a while. He'll probably make a run, but will he really win the whole thing? Like, did you mm-hmm. think that would that would cross? I, I mean, no. I didn't no, think I, he was the favorite. And, you know, my favorite, I'm not sure if it was a lot of other people's favorite, but my favorite was Big E. Yeah, I, I mean, Big E. Big, Big E is good. Do I think I'd say about Big E? And if he was going to win the Rumble, I don't think he would have still had the Intercontinental title. Unless. I guess they're scared. They always seem to be scared of doing those Intercontinental versus World. I haven't seen one of those in a long time. Right. And usually like when when someone's going for a world title and they have a singles title like the Intercontinental, they'll drop it before the big match at WrestleMania. Like I remember when Cena was going to fight JBL for the first time for the world title. He was U.S. champion. And he dropped it like a couple weeks right before Mania. Yeah. So. And they get to fill up a slot for a right. U.S. title. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Edge. You know, it, it's it's good to see. Obviously, probably one of the best moments in his career to come back after a nine-year hiatus, and then be fortunate enough to be in this position to where he can win the Royal Rumble. Well, yeah, Edge is. Uh... It's going to be big, and not only Edge, but we saw Christian return, and a little birdie told me that he's going to be making a, a, a ring, you know, more frequent appearances in the ring, whether it's a full-time or part-time or whatever, but you think Christian. Be, you think it'll be just till Mania? Or do you think he'll, he'll, he'll go I, rest of the year? I can see Christian being on some Raws for, like, the foreseeable future, doing some promos, having some matches, and then having his last match at WrestleMania. I could see it being against Randy Orton. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. See, they've got – he's got retribution. Yeah. And in history Orton. together, you yeah. know. Um, but, yeah, obviously Christian, he's not in the Hall of Fame yet, is he? No. He should be. Unless he's, like, with uh... – the tag team, Edge and Christian, but I don't... No, nah, I think Edge no. just got in by himself. Um, but yeah, Christian being back is cool. But Edge winning the Royal Rumble, now is he going to fight Reigns? 
I mean, I don't know what goes down easier, Reigns and McIntyre, or Reigns and um, Edge, or Jesus, Edge and Orton, Edge and Reigns, or Edge and McIntyre. Which one? Which one is, is a nice bite-sized match for you? I think that uh, Edge and Reigns is the way to go. I do too. I, I think Edge and McIntyre would be a great match as well. But I think somewhat like, and this is no disrespect to Drew McIntyre. He's a hell of a champion. But Roman Reigns, he's the guy. Is he not? Like, would you argue that? He's, oh yeah, he's the, he's their main guy right now. He's the John Cena of the, the, uh, and, and someone, era, and someone who has as much to his name as Edge does as far as his history in the business. And now, like, what do you think would be a more headline match? Edge versus Roman Reigns or Edge versus... Yeah. Reigns, no doubt, in my right. mind. Right. But. Um, which leaves the question, who's going to fight Drew McIntyre? Yeah, I guess Big E won't be making it to the main event after all. No. I was holding out hope, but... Right. And then I'm a great Big E fan, too, and we'll, we'll talk about the new day later. But, um, yeah... I mean, Edge winning the Royal Rumble, you'd like to see him go against Roman Reigns. Um, the women's Royal Rumble, Bianca Belair. Now, she was one of the favorites to win. We, I, we both discussed her winning before the show started. I uh, stuck to my guns. Yeah. That, you know, she's, she's got to win because when you look at the other women on the roster, you can't count out Charlotte because she's been there every single year, you know? Yeah. Um, Shayna Baszler too, but she's also kind of, I don't know, her push that she had at the Rumble last year, it felt like if she was going to win the Rumble, she would have won her last year. Yeah. She's been I try to be nice here. Uh-huh. I had a lot of hope for Shayna when she first came in. Her stock's gone down a little bit for me. Yeah. Everybody kind of invested a little. She was one of those stocks that everybody was overpriced, and then, you know, it kind of comes down i don't know she's doing the tag team stuff with nice she's the tag team women's champion which says something but i don't know i i personally saw Shayna being a women's champion being, being like being like a, a ronda rousey part two yeah right. and undefeated streaks and uh just yeah ronda rousey part two it's a good way to put it but i think um bianca went in the rumble obviously is the right move now Sasha Banks is the SmackDown Women's Champion and Asuka is the Raw Women's Champion, correct? Yep. Uh, It's got to be Bianca Belair versus Sasha, no? Well, hold on. This is one of those face versus face things, so the crowd might not know who to... No, that's when it's a heel versus a heel. Anyway, um, I don't know. Does WWE ever really do two top faces versus each other? I guess Bianca's kind of new, so I don't know. Do you... All right. Here's a better question. Do you think Bianca Belair gets her straight up one-on-one championship match? Or do you think they find a way of somehow making a multi-woman match? Because they've done that in the past at WrestleMania. It's it's funny you say that because I was watching SmackDown the other night and uh, Carmella came out to interrupt Bianca Belair. So it sounds like Fastlane. They might have a match. Yeah. But no, that, that to me, now that we bring that up, it does sound like she's going for Sasha because they're, kind of a storyline happening even with uh, implicating Carmella on SmackDown. So why would she do all that and then go over to Raw after? Right, right. So who's going to face Asuka? 
We're going to get an Oscar Charlotte rematch from WrestleMania 34. I mean, um, I'm thinking about Charlotte and she, Ric Flair is uh, so involved with the storyline with well, Lacey, um, Lacey Evans. Evans. I feel like that's almost going to be a WrestleMania match, Lacey and Charlotte, unless they do that at Fastlane. Or is it Elimination Chamber? It might be. A, I don't know if it's Fastlane or Elimination Chamber this year. They've done both. I mean, they've, they've done Elimination Chamber first and then they have Fastlane in March, like early March. Ooh. Going into WrestleMania, so I I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, What was the biggest surprise in the Royal Rumble? Oh, for me, Christian, no doubt. Or are we talking about women's Royal Rumble? We talk about the whole show. The whole show. Um, Biggest surprise. They they, they bring out a lot of surprises for the women. Um, Victoria, that was a big surprise. Yeah, Victoria. You don't don't want to mess with Victoria. (laughs) No, you don't. She 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 was fun. I I, I enjoyed seeing um, Jillian, Jillian, Jillian Hall. Hall. That's right. No no growth on the side of her face, so that was cool. Boogeyman <laughs> bit that off years ago. Yeah, no, those I guess were my favorites. How about you? Um, as far as the women's, yeah, uh, for the men's, I, Carlito, like that was crazy. He was wrestling on Raw the night after. I guess he's back for um for for the foreseeable future. I unless it was like. You know, hey, we'll give you a match on Raw just for the hell of it. But he's jacked. Yeah, he's 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 bigger than he was when he was, uh, you know, wrestling full time back in the day. But it was good to see Carlito. Yeah, I remember Carlito. He had a great storyline with John Cena right when I was getting into the the whole thing. Yeah, he was he, he was, was a good uh, character. He was cool, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know those videos and everything, but I don't know. I uh. He is jacked. Makes you wonder why he wasn't so jacked when he was here uh, to, to be back in 2006. I mean, what's going on here? He's I mean, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's something, something, to, some food for thought, you know? Yeah, I don't like. You'd think that he would have he would have looked that way in the prime of his career, but whatever. What'd I you think know. of? <laughs> what'd you think about Goldberg against oh, Drew McIntyre? Goldberg. Is enough enough already? I hate Goldberg. Is enough I mean, enough? Like, give me I don't hate. I don't hate Goldberg the person. I hate his character. I mean, I respect him as a wrestler or whatever, but, geez, I mean, what was it? This was um, he didn't win the match. Obviously, it was a short match. What was it? Four minutes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I can't picture it going any longer than five garbage why can't they he had matches that went longer than that didn't he you say he had one uh, against the rock back in the day we're talking 17 years ago well whatever we this is pro wrestling they're not it's, it's, we get it, the bumps are real but they're not really hitting it i mean goldberg can go longer than five minutes in the ring you yeah, know but, he, but he, it's he, not he it's not his character nate it's not his character goldberg's oh, gonna kick ass he has oh. five moves in his repertoire that he has to do and once you hit that spear i mean it's hard to get up because oh. usually it's spear then jackhammer and that's it right well i remember that versus kevin owens fast lane fuck off years ago don't even get me started with that <laughs> kevin owens i i feel for this guy because he deserves a spot on the WrestleMania card wrestling in a main event match for a title. And he got that taken away from yep. him for WrestleMania 33. WrestleMania 33 should have been Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens for the universal title. You could still have Brock Lesnar and Goldberg because that match by itself without a title 
is is good enough for me. I, you, don't, you don't need Lesnar and Goldberg fighting for the universal title when you're trying to make superstars and Kevin Owens. And like I said, Chris Jericho, the guy to put him over. That, that storyline right. was 10 times better than the Lesnar-Goldberg storyline. Um, but instead, it was for the U.S. title. And then obviously you had the universal yeah. title being Lesnar and Goldberg. But I feel bad for Kevin Owens. And speaking of, like, we'll get to Kevin Owens shortly with Roman Reigns, but Goldberg, I mean, he comes back, challenges Drew McIntyre because he's never obtained the WWE Championship. Who gives a fuck? The guy's, yeah. like, 50 years old. Did you see how screwed up that storyline was, too? I heard another one of my wrestling podcaster guys bring up this point, so I can't say this is my own, but it makes complete sense. He Goldberg comes out. It's Drew McIntyre. He says, you disrespect the legends. You know, you are, uh, uh, you know, we paved the way and you disrespect us. You don't. And I and the, the guy I was following, he said, you know, that that promo belonged to Randy Orton. It should have been Goldberg versus Randy Orton because Randy Orton's the one who punt kicked Ric Flair, Big Show, Mark Henry and everybody else. So these storylines are just so like out of thin air for the world title nonetheless with right. it's just like saying okay we got goldberg for the royal rumble what can we do with him let's put him against drew why nobody fucking knows what's wow. what's the motivation for goldberg versus drew mcintyre it's literally yeah. just another show for drew mcintyre to hold the belt because if goldberg would have won that title against drew mcintyre i, I don't yeah. know what i would have done i would have probably voiced my opinion on this podcast like i'm doing right now but yeah. um he doesn't deserve it. And Drew McIntyre does. Drew McIntyre has been the champion for better parts of a year. I mean, he obviously dropped the belt to Orton and when they had that feud, which was good. But since last year's Royal Rumble, I should say, Drew McIntyre has had that push to be a top guy, and he's delivered in every match that he's had. Yeah. Um, are you surprised about Braun Strowman not, not doing anything in the Rumble? Well, this is another guy who beat Goldberg, and it didn't do much for him. But um, I think we... It was supposed to be Reigns versus Goldberg at that meeting. They swapped Braun. And, you know, Braun gets big, big pushes. He beats big guys, but it's just not clicking or something. He he, he was in the Rumble. He, how many eliminations did he have, would you say? Was, did he, was it a lot or did, was he four. in and out? Well, he was he was the 30th entry. So by the time he got in the That's ring, right. there's probably about nine or ten guys left. Yeah. I, um... I uh, I think Braun has potential, but he's one of these guys who he gets a win and it doesn't really do much for him. His stock just kind of is the same. He's always right here. He's he's the I, in my if I had to equivalent Braun Strowman to anybody from the past as far as like what what their role is, I'm gonna say it's Big Show. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, like like you, you he's a guy who could win a title, could be in a main storyline. But overall, he's just an attraction, you know, to go out, beat people up, and like that's all he's going to be. I don't think he'll he'll have like a future long world title reign. He could, he could, but I don't think he will. I think he's just that attraction to do the Strowman and Stress, yell at the top of his lungs, and beat the shit out of people. Yeah, Big Show was always kind of, oh, we need a, we need somebody, you know, hey, Big Show, drag Big Show out here. Right. Oh, yeah. What's Big Show doing? Like, oh, throw him in the ring with y'all. Yeah, we'll get a good match. Right. That's what Strowman is. Like I said, I like Strowman as a talent, but it's just, he's got, he doesn't have anything extra to give. You can't really tap deeper into his character and dig more out of him, you know, for as far as storyline purposes. Yeah, that, right, right. His, his, um, 
promos and uh and stuff might not be up to par where and even though big big show was pretty good on the microphone he still found himself in that that uh niche or whatever right he got wrestlemania matches he didn't win them but and they weren't one-on-one the triple threat i remember mania right. 25 but make uh, the, the fatal four-way i remember right. yeah like i said he, you know he's had pushes and the big show's had a few world title runs you know just yeah. like Strowman, i'm sure has right has yep. one you know and and he has a little more probably left in the tank by the time his career is over but as far as like parallels i feel that's what what they are you know Strowman will yeah. never be the guy of the company he'll just be an attraction you know people want to see him face guys beat him up do his thing and that's that yeah. um i don't know how we got talking about oh, just about Strowman. We, as we move on in different episodes too, we'll elaborate more on the roster and, you know, why certain guys are underutilized, overutilized, this and that, but that's a time for a different story. Um, one last thing in the rumble, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Let me just silence this. Do not disturb. Sorry. That's okay. Okay. Roman um, Reigns and Kevin Owens. Yes. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens at the Royal Rumble. Hell of a match. It was great. I mean, the bumps, KO delivered, Reigns taking us. So he is. I, I want KO to win a world title. I want him to main event a WrestleMania. I want him to win a Royal Rumble, you know? But it seems like he's always the WrestleMania time. He never gets to the main event, but I don't know how many years he left has left in the tank. So maybe, maybe someday. Right. But anyway, um, sorry. We're, talk, we're talking about the match here. Yeah, the match itself, uh, great storytelling. A lot of a lot of brutality of bumps with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns are hard hitting guys. Um, lots of false finishes. There was a time where KO got I don't know if he was speared on the stage, and then it was like a count of nine because it's the last man standing match. You got to reach your feet by the count of ten, or else you lose. It was a count of nine. He's still on the ground. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. But he rolls off the stage and then he's on his feet. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, damn, that was close. And then obviously the one with the uh, reins being handcuffed and they, they were struggling. They were struggling to get the handcuffs off of reins because yeah. the referee was counting at five. And then he just stopped because Paul Heyman couldn't get the handcuffs off. <laughs> well, was, you're not supposed to say that because on the WWE Network version, they're gonna they're gonna fast forward right, through right. that. Yeah, they'll, gonna... they'll cut that right out, you know. <laughs> so. But that it did in the moment. It 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 tarnished the match ending a little bit in the moment. I'd say. I mean, didn't ruin the whole thing. No, it, I, I still thought it was a great match regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, they have such good chemistry. They've had great matches over the years, and this was an, another chapter added to their story. And I thought it was a great job. Hopefully we get to see them again in the future. Maybe they'll get another match before Fastlane or before Mania with Fastlane and maybe Elimination Chamber. Um, but yeah, Kevin Owens deserves another one more world title run. Yeah, you say one more. Do you think he's going to be out the door in a few years maybe? I think he can do it as long as he wants. You know, he's got kids and a family, but it's it's completely up to him. Yeah. You know, at WWE, it's, it's so... You think a guy is getting, like, when you look at the sports world, like baseball, basketball, football, you consider being old is when you're over 30. In WWE, okay. some people don't even hit their peak 
until they're 35, you know, or 40, yeah. like, you know, so, so guys can do wrestling as long as they're in shape and healthy, they can go as long as they want, or as long as, you know, they have the opportunity to, if yeah. Vince will give them an opportunity. If they have potential to be on any certain storyline and make TV and they're going to want to continue making money because what else are they going to do after wrestling? Yeah. Podcasting probably, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I don't know what the future holds for Kevin Owens. I hope hope one more world title run he gets, whether it's later this year or into next year, but he deserves that WrestleMania main event uh, because he's worked his ass off ever since he's been in the company. And you can see it in his matches. You can see it on his promos. And you can see the crowd reactions to him. You know, everybody seems to love him. Well, he did um, attack. He did stun Roman Reigns during Reigns' encounter with Edge on SmackDown. I did so see that. Yep. You did? Nice. Yeah. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting. And one more thing before we move on, just about Edge and the Royal Rumble. A lot of um, what I'm seeing on Twitter and wrestling Twitter, a lot of people upset with Edge as far as taking away an opportunity from, from an mm-hmm. up-and-comer. As the, what, do you, what do you think of that? Well, as I said, I kind of was in the same boat. I was frustrated that um, they didn't give it to somebody else, even if it was a... Seth Rollins, a Big E, uh, a Braun Strowman. But Edge has something that, unfortunately, a lot of the wrestlers might not have, and that is that killer instinct, the promos. He is the ultimate opportunist in every uh, sense of the word. And he's just got such intensity. Um, And it's hard to deny that he is just as good as everybody else on the roster, if not better. Um, and the fact that he is wrestling a few matches in between now and Mania, maybe he'll have a fast lane match, goes to prove that he is not just another part-timer like Goldberg, like Brock Lesnar, who's going to be featured on all the big pay-per-views and then do Jack when it comes down to it. So, yes, I can see why people are disappointed. I'm a little disappointed, but... So think of your... It's, it, I, and the thing I'm seeing on Twitter is wrestling fans who are diehards or, you know, being like, oh, you know, you took, you took away an opportunity from that. It's like, shut up. Okay. If, if <laughs> you're actually right. a diehard and you've been watching Edge's career and how he had to leave unexpectedly due to injury, mm-hmm. like the guy deserves it. Why not? Why not give him one more chance? If you can bring the rock back for, you know, a title run in 2013, and, and take away the 483-day streak of CM Punk by bringing in The Rock just for a WrestleMania main event, why not have Edge, you know, do this? Because, it, one, he can go out on his own terms now because he's able to. He's able to be medically cleared to, to wrestle. He didn't have that. 2011, uh, I don't know if it was, was it Raw or SmackDown where he retired? SmackDown. SmackDown. Like, that was, that was one, one of the saddest moments of wrestling because you really could feel the emotion that – he didn't want to walk away because he's being forced to. And mm-hmm. not only was he world champion at the time, he had to relinquish a title. So it adds to the storyline as far as him trying to gain a title that he never lost. Yeah, right. Whether it be yeah, nine yeah. years later or not. But still, you, you like, as a person, you would say, okay, he's earned it. If you're a younger fan, like, say if you, you, you were born in, I don't even know, 2009 or 2008, and you're a 12-year-old, and you've never seen Edge, like perform and then mm-hmm. what you see now like 
that that's something to witness too. And you could be asking it, who's this? And, you know, generations before you'd be able to tell you this guy's he's the real deal. He's a hall of famer. He's oh, yeah. great in the ring. He's had historic tag team runs, historic singles runs. And it's just one, one of the best superstars of all time. And like you said, to your point, he's not a part-timer like Goldberg and Lesnar who will just, you know, make appearances and then show up five minute matches. Edge is going to go all oh, out. Awful. Yeah. I'm excited to see what kind of match Edge is going to put on at WrestleMania. It was, did anybody really think that uh, Brock Le- or Goldberg and Drew McIntyre was like, oh man, I can't wait to see what, oh, how's this going to unfold? I mean, yeah, they went through the barricade or whatever. The right, like, like, the, like the hype of a Goldberg Brock Lesnar match is there because it feels like, you know, it's going to be a slug fed brutality and that's entertaining as far as the match standard goes. But when, you know, someone like Lesnar is a completely different. So I'm going to separate Lesnar from Goldberg because I don't, I don't really like even putting them in the same sentence because Brock Lesnar is a fucking talent. Okay. If Brock Lesnar wanted to, he could go 25 to 30 minutes. Goldberg, yeah. there's no way he could go 25 to 30 minutes if he wanted to. But Lesnar's character, the way he did, he's been developed in storylines since his return from the UFC is that he's an ass kicker, which is why his matches only lead up to, you know, five, 10 minute ass kicking matches with high impact moves and finishes. Um, yeah. But he, he's, he's started in the business before. He's been a WWE superstar. He knows how to tell stories with his body. And he sells moves for superstars too. Like he, he's willing to put over guys and, that, and that's great about Lesnar. But he can do it is what I'm saying. Goldberg? Yeah, got no fucking clue. He's never done it in his life. Not in WCW, not even in the WWE. Like I feel like he's he's in ring ability. He's got it's just, it's just a five move move set, and it's just high impact yeah. moves and him going over. And that's what Goldberg is, which is why, like I said, I hate comparing the two. But that what makes him so different than Edge is you, you know what you're getting with Edge, and I, I just want oh, to yeah. grab that home because it's it's such a big difference. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Goldberg and and uh, Lesnar, even though they've got similar match lengths, it's the quality of a Goldberg match. It's just, I, I'd rather see Lesnar versus McIntyre than Goldberg and McIntyre. Like, what right. new did that match? Was there anything, it, it, you know, like, oh, I'm excited to see this. What's, what's going to happen? No, they went through the barricade. I swear to God, every time one of these Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg barricade that's they always pull that i, I feel barricade. like the barricade oh, now is being used at every pay-per-view the bear yeah right i mean <laughs> and, and it's, it's been in reigns matches for a while with the spear and, and, and with Strowman taking people through the barricade that's like the new go-to that's like the new announce table <laughs> like it's crazy yeah. so give me something someone who can do something innovative edge Gonna tell a great story versus whoever he faces. Probably reigns at WrestleMania, and he did that last year. Obviously, with no with no fans, it's even tougher. But his matches that he had with Orton at Mania and at Backlash were, you know, state of the art. It looked like he hadn't lost a step. You couldn't tell that he was out of the ring for nine fucking years. Mm-mm. So no, he's he's taking bumps on the floor, steel steps, the whole thing. I mean, was not a lot of Gaga in it, right? Uh, you know, this was not a Hulk Hogan match where <laughs> you had a few clotheslines, you know, oh, get put in a sleeper hole for 15 minutes or what. Then he hooks up. Right. And it's a comeback, fucking big yeah. boot, leg drop, that's it. I think that leg drop's the biggest bump he takes. Yeah, it's got to be. Hold on one second.
Yes, folks, we do have a third guest in the studio tonight. Name is Gizzy the cat. And uh, she's very opinionated. Sometimes she just goes off at the goes off on her spiels about what she thinks in the world of wrestling. And we gotta we gotta So let's move on. Let's move on now. All right. Um we we were talking earlier about tag teams. Obviously, uh, tag teams are a big part of, you know, professional wrestling. A lot of people make careers on tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling is one of the most, one of my favorite parts of the show as far as entertainment wise. I think the matches, they're fast paced. They give a chance to see, you know, four different talents in action and can provide some of, you know, the best moments we've seen in the business. Um, what's your take on tag team wrestling? Okay. Tag team wrestling. I enjoy tag team wrestling. I think it's got its place. I think that it's wonderful tool to elevate multiple stars. But at the same time, when it comes right down to the matches, I take a one-on-one match any day over a tag team match. Because in a tag team match, you can't really focus on the elevating a single narrative. A lot of the time you get two guys, just two guys, um, but you know, I like stables, I would say more than tag teams. I'm a big stable fan. And right, right. Stables and factions. And so I feel like, I feel like the faction aspect plays more into storylines and promos than it does in in-ring matches. Well, that's the whole thing. Cause some half the time they just take, okay, we got this guy, he's not doing much. We got, you know, this guy, he's not doing, let's slap them together and make a tag team out of it. That happens a lot. It does. But also, I think, (laughs) like I said earlier, guys make careers on tag team wrestling. If you... I'm going to go out on a limb and say this, okay? Now, growing up, I I thought tag team wrestling was at its peak when I used to watch the Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys, (laughs) Edge and Christian, the Hardys. Um, you know, there's the uh, acolytes with JBL and Farouk, new age outlaws, obviously. I mean, it was, it was just great tag team matches and great characters in those tag teams. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you don't have the singles careers of Jeff Hardy, uh, Matt Hardy, and I'm going to even say edge, the Mm -hmm. Dudley, the Dudley boys were inducted as a tag team, weren't they? Oh, yeah, they better be. I could say that you could put those tag teams in the Hall of Fame because of yeah. how successful they were. You know, obviously, Edge goes into the Hall of Fame by himself because he's had a great singles career on top of his tag team career. Mm-hmm. Just with tag team wrestling in general, they add such a different element. Um, tag teams first. Let's talk about them. So, like, I just mentioned a few that I grew up with. Um, my favorites were obviously the Hardy Boys. I don't know if you weren't a Hardy's Boys fan. I don't know what you were doing <laughs> as a child, but just because they're high impact moves, they used to jump off shit. Jeff was crazy. Matt was great. As I got older, I had more appreciation for the Dudley Boys and what they did too, um, mm-hmm. as far as just brutality, putting people through tables, and then just being in the one of the best tag teams that I've seen. Um, Edge and Christian as well. New Age Outlaws are one of the greatest tag teams ever. Who were some tag teams that you had growing up when you first started watching wrestling? 
I didn't have too many. Um, I, I, I honestly, some of the biggest tag teams were, were part of stables, I guess. And I don't even know if they'd be considered a tag team at that point, or if I'm getting too technical, uh, like, uh, a, like an evolution. Right. And I don't know if that count as a tag team. I mean, they had tag team matches, of course, but they were tag team champions, Batista and Flair oh, were really? tag team champions. Okay. So yeah, evolution. Um, I mean, I liked the Nexus. I thought Nexus, that was really yeah. cool. Was a good, good faction. Um, but it seems like so many of, of the great tag teams, like you just said, the Hardy boys, the Dudley boys, those kind of faded away. We don't have, do we have any real staple tag teams anymore? After what's that? Usos. Usos. Okay. Yep. Usos. That's, that's a, the new, the new day I would say is one of the greatest tag teams because obviously there's three of them, but the, just the matches they put on and their history and their characters are just great throughout the years. If you told me you would have this idea of a, of a, faction i'll I'll call them a faction because there's three guys being put together now you took like you said three random guys let's put them together because kofi kingston was already an established single superstar yeah for how many years biggie was an up-and-comer from nxt and xavier woods was just brought to wwe didn't really have a gimmick or anything let's put these three black guys together and see what comes out of it you know and yeah what they did as far as pushing their own brand as a new day and coming out like starting as heels, getting the people to hate them, but then people respecting what they're doing as far as them being entertaining. Whether with her, it's, it's Xavier Woods with the trombone, or it's Big E dancing and gyrating in the ring. Yeah, obviously everyone has respect for Kofi Kingston. So they've just come such a long way. And if you would have asked me if they were together when they start 2014, I feel yeah, like. 2014, I believe. Yep. If you had told me it's been seven years and they haven't broken up. Or donated, you would think, okay, this tag team's washed, right? Like, that, yeah. that, that's that's kind of crazy. And they, they just were tag team champions not too long ago. Yeah. So, obviously, you see Big E now with a singles run, and you saw Kofi Kingston as a world champion, you know, as a member of the New Day as well. So, it, they got to be considered one of the greatest tag teams, and which, which is why, you know, I don't think today's era has a problem of building tag teams. It's just finding the right guys who worked. Yeah, I kind of had a mind crap on uh, New Day and Usos and uh, probably a few others. So I might need to rethink my uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't say modern day tag teams because those are two good ones. They are. And, and I think we had some other tag teams that were good, too, that aren't currently like in this era. I'm going to say like the bar Cesaro yeah, and Sheamus. I thought they were really good. Um, American Alpha. With Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Jordan and um, and uh, Chad Gable. I, I want to say Chad Gable, but I keep thinking of fucking Shorty oh. Gable. Shorty G. Um, <laughs> Shorty G. God, why? And and now he's with Otis, and they're doing the um, Alpha Academy. Yeah, so I I should have paid more. I should have done a little more thinking about and, and, and analyzing. You're right. We got it. We got a good. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking of tag teams too. When we grew up, and when you specifically first started watching wrestling, uh, Los Guerreros, Chavo and Eddie. Yeah. Um, I think the Dudleys are still around then too. The world's greatest tag team. Yeah. Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. After they evolved from Team Angle. 
So, I mean, yeah, you know, tag team wrestling is something that's good. That's a staple of the WWE. It's going to continue yeah. to evolve as it goes forward. And, like, I know what you're saying as far as, like, you'd rather see a one-on-one match, and usually some of the greatest matches in history are, are from, you know, just singles matches and telling a story and completing a story. But tag team matches, too, man, they've had some – tag team matches are what steals the show, in my opinion, as far as yeah. excitement and this and that. You literally now have a pay-per-view that takes place every year called Tables, Ladders, and Chairs because of three tag teams who yeah. I like you know put put that match to what it is today. And it's hard to top because when you look at those original TLC matches, every year it's like, okay, there's a TLC, but it's, will it ever get better than what it was before? Yeah. And and the kind of same thing goes with Hell in a Cell too, when you look at like what McFoley had done in Hell in a Cell matches when it first originated and then now it's like anything that happens is it can't be as great as what it once was, you know? Right. But yeah. Tag team wrestling. Who's, you know, you said you like factions as well. Obviously when you think of the greatest factions of all time, you think Degeneration X, NWO, Evolution. Yep. The shield. Oh yeah. The shield. That's one I forgot about. My Broken up too soon, by the way, the shield. Yeah, now he still come. Roman Reigns still comes out with his shield music, which is interesting. I don't know why. It's iconic, I guess. I don't know. It's iconic. Um, any other factions that we think were overlooked or underrated? Um, I think the the Hurt Business is great. The Hurt Business currently, yeah, they they. Yeah. I like what they're doing. MVP's good, man. He's oh, he's yeah. another guy who hasn't really lost a step. He's one of the reasons that Bobby Lashley's stock has gone up and up and up since he's joined the Hurt Business because he is able to really, I don't know, with, with Bobby Lashley, I felt like before they weren't accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives. Wait, you, you don't mean, you mean you didn't like the story with Lana and Rusev? And, <laughs> I mean, I thought that was, you know, storyline of the year. Even before that, man, I remember... I uh, was never the biggest Bobby Lashley fan, but he's got the, this is the great thing about stables is that with MVP, he's got his posse. MVP is able to talk him up. Bobby Lashley looks like he's just a killer. He doesn't have to do anything besides just beat people up. The promos and stuff, he can get on the microphone every now and again, be intimidating, but he's got MVP there. He's got uh, Shelton Benjamin. I guess Shelton Benjamin was never the, greatest talker of all time either but you get my drift so. cedric too cedric cedric's pretty good he might have have something down the line for isn't he show. in the hurt business am i dreaming that yeah he's yeah. in the hurt business yep um yeah as far as any other factions currently to this day yeah what do you got um Oh no, God, there's been so many. Obviously, the Nation of Domination was a really good faction uh, back in the day, uh, as far as Attitude Era goes. And you look at the the guys that they've included and brought up. Obviously, Ron Simmons being a Hall of Famer, being the leader of the nation as Farouk, um, Mark Henry, the Godfather. D'Lo Brown, one of the most underrated wrestlers. And then, of course, The Rock. You know, that, that's what kind of kick-started The Rock's career. Yeah. Being in a faction. And then 
being able to uh, express himself within that faction, which is where people could see, okay, this guy has potential and he could probably possibly branch out and be on his own. Yeah. So. Um, I know, you know, you remember like the ministry of darkness and the corporate ministry. I'm right, sure. right, right. So, so the corporation also, it's weird. Like, I'm looking back and in the attitude, like, I feel like Vince had a hard on for factions <laughs> because there was just so many like, and, and, but the corporation, yeah, was was built by Vince. And it was just, I feel like it was a bunch of superstars who didn't really have a place on the roster, but who could be yeah. serve as like corporate henchmen and 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 you know back up Vince McMahon and his feuds with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Ministry of Darkness was just a crazy turn on like felt like a cult led by the Undertaker, because the Undertaker taking on this like satanic role of, of what he was as a character joining the dark side and then just like making it even more evil and it was mm-hmm. just like and then bringing in these other guys like the brood edging christian started out with the brood. oh yeah oh there we go like, there, there's just been so many factions and the brood ended up being part of the ministry and uh yeah wow that's crazy and, I, and i'm trying to think as, as time went on as far as other factions going on obviously you have evolution and the ruthless aggression at jbl's cabinet yep you got about two with orlando jordan and um the Basham brothers, Jesus, it's crazy. And there's been so many good ones. Now I'm going to say Degeneration X, as good as it was with Shawn Michaels and Triple H at the beginning, they hit their peak when the New Age Outlaws joined and X-Pac as well. And I think Triple H has led DX with X-Pac and the New Age Outlaws in China is the best version of DX than with Shawn Michaels and just Triple H in China. Yeah. Even though, even though that D, early DX stuff with Shawn Michaels is probably the best stuff in Shawn Michaels' career, promo wise, he's just such an arrogant asshole, and <laughs> the, him and Hunter played each other, played off each other so well. Yeah, it was just so entertaining. But as far as like DX being at his peak when Triple H took over and brought in the Outlaws and X Pac, it was it was they were you know a force to be reckoned with because they just had so much talent, and every member of that group was so entertaining. And they were doing the thing that made it even better is they had um, they were kind of going their separate ways, if I'm not mistaken. I wasn't watching too much then, but I've seen like the stuff on WWE Network of flashbacks. They all had their own rivalries under that faction. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's it's right. They weren't they early on. They would feud with the nation. But like, so you would have, you would have the New Age Outlaws facing two members of the nation, but you would have Triple H, the head of the nation, I'm sorry, The Rock, the head of the nation, and Triple H, the head of the DEX, fighting each other for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. So there would be a couple matches on the show where you have members from DX and members from the nation. That's what made it more like involved. Yes. You bring it a couple years down the road where Triple H is trying to establish himself as a single superstar. He leaves DX, but as he becomes world champion, he brings them back. So now everyone from the original DX is together with X-Pac, um, the Outlaws, and now he's yeah. got that faction underneath him, but now he's world champion. So DX, once again, has all the power. And, and it's just, uh, it, it was great storytelling. And it was, I can't think of any other guys who would belong in D-Generation X, as far as those guys who mm-hmm. were in there. Um, and a lot of people say it's WWE's version of the NWO. I think there's different huh? in too many reasons. Because obviously the NWO is probably one of the most, probably the most famous faction of all time. Yeah. They literally transcended a wrestling company into heights that I've never seen before with WCW. 
the NWO like starts off with just the outsiders and uh, obviously you add Hulk Hogan, that third member, but it was like they gained a new member every week. Yeah. And it eventually got so big. I guess I've, I've heard stories from Eric Bischoff how the plan was to have basically like how Raw and SmackDown are two separate brands of WWE. He wanted to have WCW and NWO be two separate brands. So where NWO was on Monday Nitro and WCW was on Thursday Thunder. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it gets weird because you create the NWO as their own brand, but you split them up. And it's like it's like they're a stable but you have so many people in there to create a wrestling roster and you want to have a show based on that, that you have guys <laughs> fighting within the own NWO. It doesn't really make sense. Right. That would have had to been like a 30 minute pre-show or something because. Right. And, and, a... and, and Bischoff's <laughs> talked about it before, like as far as the direction they wanted to go and then they just never achieved it because by the time everything was happening, they were already too far gone as far as the storyline goes. And it just didn't make sense. So. Well, this is the beautiful thing about factions. I kind of gave, I guess I gave tag teams a bit of a bad rap because I just feel like they can't, they're very confined. Whereas a faction, you can go so many different directions with it. I mean, you talked about uh, the corporate ministry. So I, not, I, that corporate ministry was a combination of the corporation and then the Undertaker's ministry as Shane McMahon and the Undertaker joined forces. And it was literally guys from the ministry and guys from the corporation. They just created one big corporate ministry. Yeah. And then even like you could go to the Nexus. You had some guys who were focusing on the tag team. You had Wade Barrett. He was going for the world title. I think at one point someone was United States champion. So right. you can have so many different directions you go with it and the storyline and everything. But um, I I never, I've, I've, you know, I've seen video on the WWE network or whatever of, um, the corporate ministry and other powerhouse factions who kind of are able to call the shot because they have Mr. McMahon or whatever. Would you say the authority? Everybody, I was just, just going to say that the authority is another one too. Like it's just now I'm thinking the authority. So obviously it's headed by Triple H and Stephanie. They had Seth Rollins, corporate Kane, Randy Orton was a part of the authority. Yeah. Big show. Big, oh, yeah. Big show. Uh, Randy Orton was there. Did you say Randy Orton? I said Randy Orton. Yeah, him. Okay. Um, big show, Randy. Technically, Orton, what was, was J and J security part of? Uh, yep. J and J. Triple H heading it up. Stephanie McMahon, the big show. Yeah. Kane, corporate Kane. I said that. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Did you not oh. listen to what I was saying? Like the yes, past? I was listening. Uh, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, the authority, as far as modern day um, factions, was a great one. And, and the rivalry they had with Daniel Bryan, uh, which led up to one of the best storylines yeah. heading into a WrestleMania. So that was yeah. good. I mean, factions are cool if they can be pulled off right. And you could, you have the right people in that faction to, to kind of at least set the show and put you into different storylines, but sometimes I feel like factions are forced, you know, when guys who aren't doing anything on the card or whatever, you just put them mm -hmm. together and some guys make it float and take it to new heights, like the new day. And then other guys like trying to think of factions that didn't work out. Ooh, I'm sure there's a few. Um, uh, let's see. The JBL's cabinet wasn't around that long, was it? I don't remember. I was just like getting into it. I it was I, just, I think it was just during his title reign. 
Okay. So it lasted. And that was a long. Yeah, that was a long title reign. Um. No, I don't. I, I can't. I I can't. Nothing comes to mind right away. I don't remember how the Nexus disbanded. If there was some big controversy, and they yeah, but they just... but they were hot, and they but I'm saying like factions that just started out in the crowd that never got oh okay underneath yeah. them. I can't think of any off the top of my head at the moment. We should have been more prepared. So if you're listening and you want to reach out to us and say, "Oh, these guys suck, suck, sucked," then <laughs> you can tell us that. We'll probably agree with you. Um, who's your favorite tag team of all time? And I mean, I might have to give it to the New Day, just because I've seen so much of the New Day, and you know, I, I've consumed so much of their matches and stuff. Um, they're good. I mean, like you said, they're probably one of the best tag teams of all time. I can't even think of anybody really who I mean, the Usos probably up in the same same league as them. Uh, but no, I'll give it to New Day. How about you? My favorite tag team. I would go, I would I would say the New Day is pretty good up there. Yeah, I like the Dudley Boys a lot, and like I said, I've come to a different appreciation for them as I've gotten older, because they used to obviously feud with the Hardys back in the day. I was a big Hardy Boys fan, um, but as I've continued to watch more wrestling and then like look back on the stuff that the Dudley Boys did, they're just so good, Bubba Ray and Devon. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say New Day or Dudleys. Um, New Age Outlaws too. Obviously, the intro to the show is based off of you know them. They they were definitely two of the most charismatic uh, people in the tag team division at the time and in, in wrestling history. Um, who's your favorite faction of all time? That's tough. I mean, I guess just going, not putting too much thought into it. I have to say. As weird as it sounds, it might be the Nexus. I know that's going to be a controversial answer because, like, oh my God, the Nexus, you know, but they really shook things up. They really made the the the, the, the program interesting. I mean, and, and, they, and they brought a lot of new young superstars to kind of establish them as far as, you know, do you feel like that's what yeah. they're trying to do with the Retribution right now or no? Yeah, I do. I think it's like a Nexus 2.0 almost. Right. Yeah. This is um, not not there. <laughs> no. And um, I don't know. I mean, it evolution obviously would. I'm gonna be... go with them as my favorite faction. Yeah, that's what I would. Because you look at like just the the concept of evolution, the name of evolution, like it literally was evolution. You had the greatest of all time from one period, and Ric Flair to now the greatest guy in the business at the time, Triple H, now going to the future. And the funny thing is, like, how you look at it 20 years later, Randy Orton and Batista literally were the future. And they, they were, yeah. like, that. It's, it's, it's just a brilliant idea to have that as a stable. The theme song was one of the best by Motorhead. Mm -hmm. And they were just the, the centerpiece around Monday Night Raw at the time. Everything they did, you know. And I, I want to say it was Armageddon... Uh, I want to say 2003, Armageddon 2003, where all members of Evolution was holding a title at the end of the show, and then they all came out on stage, and Triple H had the world title, Batista and Flair had the tag titles, and Orton had the Intercontinental title. Wow. And it was just like, yeah, Evolution's unbelievable. 
Yeah, see, I missed so much of that. I'm kind of trying to go based on what I've lived through. So right. for those out there saying, oh, my God, you picked the Nexus. <laughs> like, well, this is this is from my right, and, and obviously, like, we're not going <laughs> to I'm not going to mention like tactics because obviously there's great tactics back in the day, like obviously the Freebirds and you know, Von Erics and stuff. But I since I've never seen that, I'm not going to, you know, base my opinion right. on what I've had. I'm just going off of what I've seen and what I've come to know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, tag team wrestling. I love it. Anything else uh, you want to add before we go? Oh, um, regarding uh, tag teams and stables and factions, uh, I don't, I don't think I have much else I, I can bring to the table on that. Um, uh, besides just trying to wonder who we today, we got the Usos, New Day, uh, trying to, no, nope. All right. I guess, I guess that's going to be it for this episode. Um, we'll be back at you with more episodes in the future, talking different wrestling topics, whether it's, you know, tag teams, factions, superstars, it's a, dedicate a whole episode to a certain superstar, basically talk about their career or whatever. Um, tweet at us at the verbal underscore SD. That's the verbal SmackDown on Twitter. You can follow us, tweet at us, see what you want to hear. DM us if you have any questions about wrestling. If um, you have any questions for us, if you want us to discuss any certain topics on the podcast in the future, we'll be ha happy yeah. to answer them and happy to discuss it because, like I said, the whole point of this podcast was just I thought – both myself and Nate have had great wrestling conversations over the years. And one, we want, I wanted to see if other people thought the same way we did when you're listening to this podcast. But two, I also think some of our conversations are very interesting based on, you know, the knowledge of pro wrestling that we have. And uh, hopefully it's a good listen for you out there and you've enjoyed it up until this point, but we'll continue yeah. to do it for the foreseeable future. Nice. Anything Sounds else, Nate? Good. That's it. No, that, that's it for me. All right. That's, that's it, it for me. us. And that's all we got to say about that. <laughs>